You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's do it. Philly special. Ready? What was going through your mind that last pass by Brady? I was hoping it was incomplete. I just wanted it to be on the ground, and I wanted to see that clock go double zero. How do you explain this, that nine years ago you're coaching in high school and here you are with this trophy? I can only give uh, the praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for giving me this opportunity. And I'm going to tell you something. I got the best players in the world. And uh, it's a resilient group. I love this coaching staff, Mr. Lurie, the owner. And not only do we have the best fans in the world, we now have the best team in the world. Thank you, guys. Describe your play calling with Nick Foles. Well, you know, we just we just wanted to stay aggressive. You know, we mixed in some of the RPOs. Uh, the Patriots did a great job of kind of kind of nullifying some of that. But listen, my mentality coming into the game was I'm going to stay aggressive with Nick and, and let him use his playmakers to make plays. Coach, congratulations. Let's bring in uh, Zach Ertz. Caught the game-winning touchdown. What was that feeling like? You're in the huddle and you know that play is being called. What are you thinking? Uh, I better score. I mean, glory to God, first and foremost. We wouldn't be here without him. This team is amazing. I mean, each and every day we go out there, we love to practice. And I think that's the foundation of this team. And wow, what a run it's been. When they were replaying that touchdown, any doubt in your mind? No, not at all. I mean, if they would have overturned that, I don't know what would have happened to the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> But I'm so glad they didn't overturn it. And wow, we're world champions! Zach, congratulations. Let's bring in your MVP, Nick Foles. Just another game, right, Nick? Yeah, just another game. <laughs> Unbelievable. All glory to God. Obviously, Lily really likes this mic. She, she has no idea. You didn't, it didn't seem like the game, the nerves, the pressure matched up against Brady bothered you. What was going on inside you? I, I felt calm. I mean, we have such a great group of guys, such a great coaching staff. We felt confident coming in and, you know, we just went out there and played football. You know, we've played this game since we were a little kid. We've dreamed about this moment. There's plenty of kids watching this game right now dreaming about this moment. Someday we'll be here. And to be here with my daughter, my wife, my family, my teammates, this city, we're very blessed. Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. Underdogs no more. The Philadelphia Eagles are the Super Bowl champions. Congratulations. I paid my dues time after time. I've done my sentence but committed no crime and bad mistakes. I've made a few I've had my shells and kicks in my face But I've come through I need to go on, 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 on We are the champions, my friends And we'll keep on fighting till the We are the champions. Bro Love Cast, episode 17. Can you believe it? Chris, what's up? Finally, there will be a parade down Broad Street. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Ian, what else is there to say? Super Bowl 52. The Eagles got it done, baby. They beat the greatest quarterback of all time, maybe one of the greatest coaches of all time in a Super Bowl. Philly, Philly! I, I honestly think I might need to go to the ER because I've had an erection for over 72 hours right now. I'm afraid, all right? You wanna hear me say it? You wanna break me down, all right, I'm afraid. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they say you're supposed to seek medical treatment. <laughs> if in that, I'm, I mean, I just, it's been very difficult. I had me. a guy at work 
because my voice has been gone since the NFC Championship. And he said, listen, I don't know what's going on with you in your life, but if this lost voice is persistent, you should probably go see a doctor. I mean, don't take it too lightly. Could you imagine if there's a person out there who, similar to you, lost his voice throughout the Eagles playoffs and just pushed it to the brink where he literally lost his voice, busted his vocal cords permanently? and <laughs> That would suck. Dude, I honestly think I have, like, something weak in there because I, I like purposely was not loud for the Super Bowl like I kept it kept it under wraps didn't yell too much and you know I, I don't know I'm gonna have to check the tape on that yet because <laughs> uh, you were at my house and there was a lot of people there but I'm pretty sure at one point you tackled me into the corner and screamed in my face go yeah, birds that's probably true but uh, just an unbelievable unbelievable game, unbelievable man. game yeah we uh, we celebrated at Chris White's house Chris is here uh, we celebrated at his house. He had a little party. We had all the all the extras. Yeah, it was a, it, it it went from what we thought was going to be uh, a low key uh, kickback to a full fledged rager. Yeah, yang, Yingling keg. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good. It was a wild time, man. There was a lot of heads. We had the double TV set up. One in the one in the living room, one in the kitchen was just yep. central, which was key, dude. Yeah, you can't because you can't have two. It's all about being able to view the game. This wasn't like a Super Bowl where you know uh, two other teams were playing. That you know, I want to watch the game, but I'm not that invested. This was all hands on deck. You're watching every single play, so you gotta have two TVs. It is a memory. It is a memory that I will remember for the rest of my life. We were in Chris's house, packed to the brim. Rotating between the family room and the kitchen, basically running back and forth, jumping up and down with like twenty to twenty-five Eagles fans. It was it was wild. Yeah, I don't think there was anyone non-Eagles fans. Even the ones that weren't Eagles fans were converted for that night. Right. Which I think, JM wore a, a, a Eagles hat. He's a huge Steelers fan. I know. I appreciated the camaraderie. Um, unfortunately, Eric. Uh, could not be there. He is uh, currently uh, tripping acid with some uh, spider monkeys off the coast of St. Bart's trying to, <laughs> trying to find his center. But he did, um, we received a, a handwritten note on a, on a leaf, actually, from Eric that said he was thinking about all of us and he's sorry he couldn't be there, but it was congratulating the Eagles on a win. So it's nice to see that he's still staying in touch from his yoga retreat. Yeah, so so uh, Chris received a leaf, but I received a note from a raven. <laughs> That's <laughs> but yes, smart. Eggy is, uh, is still out in Mexico. As he said last week, it takes a boat to get to where he is. That's the only way there. Where we're going, we don't need roads. So he's zenning it out. He's going to come back a changed man. He's probably eating good, though. I bet you they've got some real good, like, authentic uh, huevos rancheros. Uh, some empanadas. I was picturing like hot, steamy soup. Oh yes, some of that. Or maybe they give him like one handful of beans every morning and says, "The yoga will nourish your soul. <laughs> this is just to get you through the day." Well, Eggy, we miss you. We hope you're having a great time out in Mexico, and we hope you come back really happy and ready to talk. Bro Love Cast, because this yeah. is episode 17, the Philadelphia Eagles. Got it. Super done. Bowl champs. And if I would have told you, if I would have told you that Tom Brady was going to throw for over 500 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions, what chances would you have given the Eagles to win? They would have been very low, probably like 15% chance. I would. If you told me that, I you could. I'd I'd give us a 3% chance of winning. Yeah. I mean, 500 yards. No t- picks and three TDs? Well, Chris, we were the underdogs. Why don't you stop staring at the guy like you want to fuck him, Turtle? We had our Pro Bowl Pro Bowl quarterback out, a Pro Bowl running back out in Darren Sproles. Yeah, one of the all-time uh, all-purpose yards leaders. In the we NFL. had a Hall of Famer and former Pro Bowler left tackle and Jason Peters out. We had our young stud linebacker and Jordan. defensive signal caller. Jordan Hicks. That's correct. Who am I missing? You're forgetting uh, the special teamers, Maragos. Sturgis. Well, Sturgis is a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, but speaking of kickers, I was about to lose my mind at Jake Elliott when he missed that extra, extra point. point. He made up for it. <laughs> he did. He banged like a 40 plus. 42, 50, I think. Yeah, yeah. He made up for it. But to your point, Ian, overcoming all that and also overcome beating. I mean, how sweet is it? 
to beat Tom Brady, who beat us in our previous Super Bowl. <laughs> you broke Tom Brady's <laughs> club, you asshole. Sorry about that, Tom. Well, I, I forget. Oh, it's from uh, Kill Bill. Revenge is a dish best served cold, Chris. Oh, that's, that's, that's... And we got it. I feel like this team came out there. Nick Foles played his two best games of his career in a row, NFC Championship, Super Bowl. Unbelievable. And I feel like the team got revenge for guys like Brian Westbrook, Brian Dawkins, Donovan McNabb, T.O., I know. I, I'm, I wish so. I wish so badly that they almost could have opened up a roster spot and signed Brian Dawkins just for the game. He just still like, looks jacked. <laughs> just, just let him dress. Like I wish he had one under his belt. But yeah, man, it was it was unbelievable. But uh, well, Chris, what do you think? We got we got Benjamin Franklin, William Penn, and now we got Nick Foles. Nick Foles. He is a Philadelphia legend forever. He's up there with the greats. He really is, and it's crazy because let's say hypothetically. Let's say he we trade him, right? He has mild success, kind of like a Kirk Cousins type like type career in another team. He's going to be the answer to a trivia question because like if Carson Wentz goes on to become this historic, amazing quarterback, we all think he's going to be maybe win a couple more Super Bowls. There'll be a trivia question where it'd be name the quarterback like forty years from now, thirty years from now, who was the quarterback that led the Eagles to their first Super Bowl? And everyone's going to be like, Donovan McNabb. No, no, no. No, Carson Wentz. And then people are like, wait, no, wait a second. Carson Wentz got, oh, it was fucking Nick Foles. <laughs> it was goddamn Nick Foles. It's unbelievable. But as far as what I think is going to happen to him, I think that you got to trade him while, the, while he's hot, while he's a hot commodity. I mean, definitely consult with the medical staff, which hope, hopefully is a little more competent than the Sixers medical staff. But if Carson Wentz's knee is, if it's just, you know, he's going to come back, solid as ever. If you can get a first round pick for Nick Foles, I mean, that's huge. You get another top flight prospect because if a team's trading a first round pick for a quarterback, they're probably not very good. So it's probably going to be a high first round pick that you're going to get under another cheap rookie contract or for two, three years, whatever they're on. I mean, just bolster up our talent all around us. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Nick Foles came out and did exactly what we needed him to do. He's now such a valuable asset, it's insane. Like you said, I'd be ha- only happy if we got a first-round pick for yeah. him. Nothing less. And he came out and showed up. He had 373 yards passing in the Super Bowl, three touchdowns, and he caught a touchdown. And his interception that he had in that game was not his fault. It was bobbled around yeah. by Jeffrey. That, like, was it's not a like fluky, that was just a fluky play. He, Tom Brady basically threw more ill-advised balls than Nick Foles. And I'm not. I'm gonna come out and say it right now. Hot take, maybe not. I don't know. Nick Foles outplayed Tom Brady. Fuck yeah. And Tom Brady didn't have a bad game. He played well. He threw yeah. over 500 yards. Yeah, he played. He played amazing. I agree. I think Nick Foles had a better game as well. All right. He well, didn't have any drop passes. I'll tell you that much. That's true. <laughs> Brady just Super Bowl 52 trophy right off his fingertips just like that ball that came from uh was that Amendola throwing that? I think it might I think it may have been. I just still and like I know Tom Brady played so well but somebody just showed me a video before I came over here that I hadn't previously seen. Very disturbing. Of Tom Brady kissing his kid. Yeah. I mean, I guess if hey, <laughs> I guess that's how it rolls in some families. I mean, my dad gives me a kiss on the head every time I hug him goodbye. Yeah. But it, I mean, that's like it's like point three point zero three seconds. It's a, it's a traditional man pecking his son on the head. What what disturbed me wasn't the kiss itself, but it was there was a peck before, and the fact that he's laying there shirtless, and his son gives him a quick little peck, leaves, and then he says, "No, what was that?" Give me the real thing or says something like that. And he comes back and lays on a solid four-second smoocher. <laughs> if you saw your girlfriend kissing a guy like that at the bar, you'd break up with her. I was wondering if I could check my fantasy team. What do I get? There <laughs> you know, Jack. Everything comes at a cost, bud. That was like a peck. You'd be, you, you, there was a, that's, fight, that's a fight happening right there. 
I mean, that was a long kiss. But hey, I'm not here to judge. At least some. At least you know he's affectionate to his family. I don't know. He's the best. Is, he's the best quarterback ever. He can kiss his kids as he wants. I guess. But yeah, I, guess. I saw the video. It is kind of weird. It was a little long, but. Uh, but apparently, he, Tom kisses his dad too. Like it's yeah. it's a family thing, maybe. But it's it's a little bit longer than it should be. Yeah. We digress. But yeah, what do you what so what do you want to talk about this game? I feel like there's so many things angles so, to discuss. Obviously, Nick Foles came out and played the game of his life, but who should he give his MVP truck to? Now, there's some background. Obviously, Tom Brady gave his truck to Malcolm Butler. He gets a truck? Against this, yeah, the MVP gets, Super Bowl MVP gets a truck. Damn. So, a Hemi? I don't know what it is. <laughs> Probably Ford or something. Yeah. American. Something American. Something real American. <laughs> you actually think you can mash that little slant six of yours against his 426 Hemi? Huh? Well, then let's do it, little boy. But anyways, uh, a couple years ago when Malcolm Butler got that pick against the Seahawks. Oh, I do remember that. Brady gave him the truck. I Last year, that. Brady gave it to James White, who had a breakout game in the Super Bowl Patriots running back. So James White, the name of my father. Exactly, and your Facebook name. Yeah. Did I just give that away to you? Yeah, don't tell the people, <laughs> dog. I like to keep my social media under wraps, bro. So anyways, there's a number of people he could give it to. Yeah. He's got Corey Clement. Who had the it, most receiving? I, I wonder, is it Clement or Clement? It's uh, Clement. Clement. Yeah. All right. He had the most receiving yards on our team. Five dude. five receptions for a hundred yards. He only had like eight rushing yards. But dude, this guy is an undrafted rookie who runs so hard and has proved countless times throughout this year that he can yeah. catch the ball. He. It's so tough because I'm going back through all the plays and there literally were so many players that. Uh, but, but no, I know what I think you got to give it to. If you're not going to give it to Foles. Okay. I think you got to give it to Alshon. Well, no, it's the MVP truck. Foles is going to – he's got to give it away. Uh, oh, no, yeah, no, I mean, oh, the truck. Who's going to give it to? He probably will give it – Alshon's got more money, so he'll probably give it to Clement yeah. just because he's a young bull. That like too, him. yeah. But if I'm just giving him performance, I don't know. I think you got to give it to Alshon because he made a couple catches just in the moment that were so huge. Like, that first touchdown grab – Was unreal. Was essential. I think that just gave us – that shot in the arm, like, oh shit, we're here, we got a chance to win this, let's go get it. Like, yeah. that was such a big early touchdown, and then the big, the other over the shoulder one for the first down. Yeah. I mean, no, he played great. But, and, but, Chris, if you're talking about big time catches, Ertz had that fourth down oof. catch that was key on the final drive that le- ended fuck, up in no his game winning touchdown. No, should give the truck to Dougie P. Oh, wow, Dougie P. Give Dougie P the truck. Dougie P's the man, dude. Have him rolling down, windows down, visor blowing in the wind. Give Doug Peterson the So truck. I heard one of the ESPN guys, it was, it was probably Colin Coward or somebody, talk about Dougie P. And what he said was, sometimes you see coaches like really have to think about going for it on fourth down. Like Pete Carroll called a timeout to think about it. Yeah. Dougie P, according to Colin, he um, presumes that Dougie P made the decision that we're going to come in and we're going to be aggressive. One week from tomorrow, we come back together and we shock the world again. And we're going to come in and beat the Patriots. So, Dougie P, my gosh, what an outstanding performance in this playoffs by you. A lot of people doubted you. Mike Lombardi said you were the most unqualified coach in the NFL. That man should eat his words. He did. He did. That man he, should eat his words. He probably, I heard he issued an apology. Yeah, he did. He did. So he, he owned up to it. But, yeah, so many people were talking talking greasy about the Eagles and Doug Peterson specifically not having the experience. But I like you said, man, you just in a high-pressure situation like that where people try and get too cute or try and outthink themselves or try and switch it up, they just he just came through, just was true to what he's done all year, wasn't – wasn't phased by the moment at all. Right. It and actually, the best out of him. It didn't seem like anyone on our team was really phased. Yeah. Two mice fell in a bucket of cream, Ian. Have you heard that? I have. But can you remind Doug me? Doug Peterson's that second mouse. <laughs> can you remind me of the... Well, the first mouse uh, faces the adversity of the struggle of drowning and feels it's hopeless and quickly gives up and drowns. The second mouse keeps churning and churning and swimming and swimming and fighting and fighting until he successfully turns the cream into butter and he crawls out to his safety. Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that 
Eventually, he churned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> Doug Peterson's that second mouse. He really is. He's not going down without a fight. He's, he's going to the last whistle. He's not going to give up. He's not scared of the moment. He's going to keep fighting. Brady threw up some haymakers. We were down to the Patriots in the fourth quarter. Down one to the Patriots. In the fourth quarter. quarter. And Doug P says, no, nah, let's keep it going. I'm keep doing what I'm doing. We ain't done yet. Yeah. And he gave us that Super Bowl title. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start it off and give my Ooh. beers for the boys. And it's going to go to Dougie P. He uh, he really surprised even me. You know, I was I was a doubter at first when we first hired him as our coach. Uh, he seemed a little frazzled by all the attention and media. Uh, but he turned out to be a phenomenal leader of this football team. The team likes him. He, the coaches seem to like him. He kept that relationship with Jim Schwartz seemed to be up in the air at one point. But it seemed to work out, man. Dougie P., Cheers to you, my friend. Beers for the boys. Dude, how about <laughs> dude? Jim Schwartz has got to be so relieved they won that game. We put up so many points because kind of what's getting lost in all of this because everyone's so excited about the offense and how well they played and the fact that we won. So who cares? Right. But the Patriots put up some serious yardage and points against our defense. They did. I'm. I thought we were gonna have a better showing defensively. But I, I guess it just once I feel like there's almost momentum the game once they start becoming high scoring games like that it's just the offense gets so hot it's almost like going up against a good shooter where that you just can't stop the momentum plus but it's not like our defense gave up a lot to just anybody yeah they gave up a lot to the best quarterback ever and um, they got they us made there. the play the defense got us to the Super Bowl there was other than that interception. Oh, shit. Actually, I just remembered something. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the interception, there was two big defensive plays, I felt, like, in the entire game. Okay. I Both know. of which were made by the Eagles. I know what you're going to say. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins <laughs> assassinating Brandon Cooks <laughs> in the middle <laughs> of the field. You know what I call that hit? <laughs> what do you call that? I call that see you tomorrow, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's... Even in the twisted NFL... You're not getting out of that concussion protocol. <laughs> I have a bird. His name is Ronnie. <laughs> the, he was... Uh, that, that was just a, a huge play. I got a bird. His name is Ronnie. Well, tell Ronnie you got knocked the fuck out. You can't be tippy-toeing around the center of the yeah, field. Yeah, Brandon Cook's tippy-toeing around, and Malk just comes in and lays yeah. the wood. So that was, that was but, the but first big Can we talk about something play? real quick? Yeah. Eggie had this argument with us recently. We were a little tipsy. But he was just, like, so against the fact that these players are modern-day gladiators. And I bet that I'm not the only one that would gladly put my head and pretty much my life on the line to go out there and play football for a living and make millions and millions of dollars to do it. It's true. However, there are some very terrifying stories of what's happening with ex-players. In fact, I was just reading about this guy on the Saints literally just before I came here. He only played in the league for like five years, had a neck injury, so he had to stop. But the the like depression, the like a, like the psych uh, the psychological disorders he's going through right now, forty three, and his wife was the one giving the interview, is terrifying. So yeah. I but I do know what you mean because there's a lot of players who don't experience that. Right. And like, but to be able, I mean, to be able to live your dream and to do what you want to do for. 30 I mean for until you're 35 right I don't know it's it's I know what you mean it's a lot of that is protecting yourself as well though like players coming back into the game after having a concussion yeah I mean who knows what causes it but yeah. I'm just saying you could play the game make millions of dollars and protect your head but Chris it's we true. could talk about this another time true. what was that second play oh the second play so the second defensive play which Sam Morgan was in my ear all the second half being like Yo, dog, I think they, they're, they're due. The Eagles are going to make a play. Someone's going to make a play. And I'm like, Sam, the Patriots keep scoring on us every time they touch the ball. I know what player you're going to say. Now, I just want you to go through the situation, what just happened. So yeah, we just scored with Ertz to take the lead back. Yes. They had the ball with like two minutes and like 45 seconds left. Yep. They made a couple nice completions. We left too much time for the game. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Brady's going to drive down the field and win this game right now. This is going to be brutal. And then Brandon Graham, 
who got snubbed this year from the Pro Bowl. Unbelievable that he wasn't on the Pro Bowl. He was he really a did. beast all year. And he just bull rush, throws him to the side, strip sack. The rookie picks, scoops it up, Derek Barnett. And, I mean, those were the two. I mean, the Patriots didn't make a significant other than that interception, which was kind of fluky, and they were down in their own 10 anyway, so it wasn't like that huge. It was almost like a punt. Those were the only two significant defensive plays of the game. The Eagles made some stops. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like um, holding them to a field goal yeah, that yeah. they ended up missing. So they did make some stops, but no, I mean, yeah, there were stops and like good plays, yeah. but I'm talking about those, those plays stand out. Those two plays knocking out their number one wide receiver, and then also getting that strip sack, which essentially sealed the game. I mean, and that's what it comes down to. But both offenses were humming, so is the who's going to make that one play, right? And thank, thank sweet baby Jesus, it was the Eagles. Seriously, man. But no, also made a great play. Who's that? Beers for the boys, number two. Shout out. Not to a, it's not a, not a boy, though. Not a male. This is going to. Okay. It's a female. And it goes to Kara Drago, who uh, lives with Adam Davis. She made a great play in bringing the most essential Super Bowl item, at least in my mind. Okay. And that was the buff chicken dip. <laughs> she made a delicious... <laughs> Delicious trough of buffalo chicken dip. She was, was a little, she was a little late to the party, too. So she came in like almost ready as the game was starting. But I literally watched it, like almost a cartoon, how you know noses catch that smell in the air. And literally just a herd of drunk, hungry monsters just followed her into the kitchen and just devoured this buffalo chicken dip. It was dip. kind of perfect, though, because we kind of kicked off the burgers. Yeah. We killed your meatballs and your Italian it's sausage a- and red sauce. Um, so it was kind of perfect. It was like reinforcements. It was. Cause Adam we, brought the chicken wings. Those were banging. They fell right off the bone. Yeah, House House Davis and Drago really uh, showing up late actually was a blessing in disguise because they brought that second, gave us that second wave of deliciousness, specifically mm-hmm. the buffalo chicken dip, which is just my, I really never have it except at large functions like this. So <laughs> it's, it's just quite lovely. But so that's, yeah, that's that was another great call for the game off the field because not, not all the big plays happen. On the field. Something so, happened off the field. So what was your favorite play of the entire game? My favorite play, I mean, you just, as it's it's cliche at this point, because I love the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown catch. I love this catch. But at the end of the day, that, well, actually, I love watching Brandon Cooks get knocked out. But you got to <laughs> go You gotta go with the fourth and one Philly special. Oh, at least yeah. I do. I mean, you're, I'm sitting there saying, like, I can't believe they're not kicking the field goal. Doug, what are you what are you doing? Right. Take the points. And then to go for it and to call that play, I'm pretty sure Brocious called it out right before the snap happened. So, too. no, I called it out. Um, I was talking to Sam Morgan again, and I could tell between the Foles-Peterson interaction, yeah. when Peterson told Foles the to play, he was on TV, and he said one word. You want Philly Foles? Yeah, let's do it. That right away told me that they were doing their play, like some type of special play. And what was funny about it, it was so similar to the trick play the Patriots tried to pull. The only difference was Nick Foles came up and acted like he was audibling and stood behind the right tackle, and it was a direct snap to Corey. And then, yeah, it was. Corey went to the left, pitched it to Trey Burton, Trey Burton throws a beautiful pass to Nick Foles. You know he was a quarterback at Florida for two years, Trey Burton? I didn't know that. He threw it. He didn't gun it. Just perfect little very, ball. Very confident. Nick Foles, former basketball player, snatched that, that right up. That really is amazing to run a quarterback, a pass to the quarterback, in the same game that the opposing team failed to convert on a play like that. It's crazy. It's it's unbelievable. But yeah, you gotta. I mean, there was a bunch of great plays. The strip sack. That this. But that play, I have. That was probably next to the ending of the game, the loudest. The loudest. The crowd in 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 my house got. That was just oh absolute gosh. absolute bedlam. I tried to document it on the Instagram. <laughs> if you don't follow us, follow us at Bro Lovecast. Um, it was an amazing night. The Eagles got the win. Uh, Tom Brady threw that bomb. Fletcher Cox comes in, grabs him by the legs, and drills him into the ground. You broke Tom Brady's club, you asshole. Sorry about that, Tom. 
The ball goes up to Gronk, who's throwing people off, off of him. Yeah. They almost got that. I know. He was tapping around. Oh, my Lord. My heart dropped. It took a year off my life. Uh, it was the longest, however many seconds was, eight, seven, eight seconds. Well, because he almost got sacked first. Yeah. Brand Graham almost got the sack to end it, and then he had a free throw, and oh, it was... Heart, it was, it was just... But no, it would have been crazy, too. Even if they caught that. We were up eight. They so they would have had to do the two-point, which would have... I mean... Oh. Crazy. Yeah, man. So I, I'm exhausted. You know, I just don't even. I'm trying this whole this work week's just not going to be very, very uh, productive. Yeah, the I mean, parade on Thursday. The parade, the Broad Street. That's what we opened up saying that yeah. Philly's getting a parade, and in fact, it is on Thursday. Well, before we talk about the parade, I want to talk about the natural Philly parade right after the game. The game oh, yeah. ends. It's true. We're jumping around in your house. I swear, within within a minute, half the party's out, already running abroad. Yeah. I grabbed my was, book bag full of beers. I lit up a cigar, and I walked just in heaven, dude. I yeah. feel like I am in heaven. It, <laughs> <laughs> Is this a dream? It, Is this a dream? You make a good point. Like I didn't even think, like it was just it was so much so much excitement that I just ran over to the liquor cabinet. Sam and I each grabbed a bottle. I think we ended up, like, it's an interesting group how we all, like, grouped up. Because I think I was with Sam, uh, Red, uh, Josh's buddy Keegan. I think Rom might have been with us. And we just took to the streets. Everybody's high-fiving, just making, like, a run towards City yeah. Hall. And then at one point, we, like, stop and look around. We're like, oh, shit. Where is everybody? <laughs> where is everybody? Well, dude, even if you wanted to... You really like once you got closer to City Hall, you couldn't keep anyone with you. Yeah, it was so difficult. It yeah, was crazy. I was putting strangers up on my shoulders, taking yeah. pictures of like grandparents. Same here. And one thing I will, <laughs> I will, one thing I will say too, which a lot of the you know national media and different news uh, outlets are trying to paint this picture of this you know, horrific or violent, violent scene after the game. Like, sure, some people, like, the 1% of the 1% got up on top of some shit or threw a brick through a window or the Ritz awning did collapse. <laughs> but if there was, you know, 500,000 people on the street, I'd say the 99% were literally just smiling, hugging each other, dancing, yeah. high-fiving, chanting, just having the best time You know ever. what was awesome was the fireworks, but it was pretty scary because yeah. like where I was near City Hall, it was perfect. But when I left your house, on your street corner... I almost got my like. I almost got blown oh, up. I was. I who was setting them off? They were like nice fireworks, yeah. too. dude. Seriously, this guy lit one up, and like it took a minute to go off. But I had to like run away. It was really close. It was scary. I also got to put out. Uh, put out a little. Uh, just uh, an apology. Okay. So I will not apologize, but just a firsthand account. Apparently, our good friend, who's getting a lot of talk on this podcast, actually, but uh, Mr. Morgan took some heat because he didn't. He couldn't. We couldn't find. It. Arena. He lost his girl. He lost his girl. We couldn't find Arena. And we were trying. I was there. We were searching for 15, 20 minutes trying to find her. And he took a little heat because she wanted to get, you know, the picture in the center of Broad Street. With with her boy. With with the boy. But Arena, I was there. We were looking. We were looking. We tried. Dude, I tried to meet up with Pip Nicholson. Couldn't find him. My brother Brennan couldn't find him. I ran into Alyssa Dominic and Robbie. Which was sweet. Yes, and that's what's funny. Sometimes you just ran. I ran yeah. into a couple like random people, like some dude I knew from the gym, yeah. some, some like kid I used to have class with. I was like, hey, you run into people and then lose them right away. Yeah, but it was so fun, man. But I just, you know, I, I want to be in this moment. Yeah. But at, as a podcaster, I feel like it's our duty to take that look ahead. We we always do. We we we, we like to recap what we've seen, tell you what we think we're gonna see, and then talk about what we might have just saw. <laughs> we, we like to cover it all. All right, so we already talked about what we do with Foles. We both think that um, I'd be okay if we kept him till Carson's 100% back in the game, but I'd also be okay if we get a first-round pick for him. That'd yeah. be awesome. And uh, the people that say we should trade Carson Wentz because we'll get the house, I'm just not even going to listen to you or acknowledge you. That's just dumb. It is, but... He's the future, bro. I agree. However, I'm just saying... 
if you could, <laughs> it's just wild to think if like a team like the Browns would give you the number one overall pick, the number four overall pick in this draft, plus next year's pick, which is probably gonna be top five. Because just let you have to let yourself wander, your mind wander down here. Nick Foles isn't that old, right? If Nick Foles can perform at even as close to the level he's performed in the past couple games, it seems like he has his offense down. It's just it's just crazy to think of adding three top five picks to your this roster we already have. Well, um, you know, Nick Foles is a guy that used to play for the Eagles. Doug Peterson knows him well. He was in Kansas City with Doug as well. Yeah. So I, I know what you I mean. Think, I would never I would you always gotta keep Carson. My point is though, I think too often people um, look at players' past history. Well, obviously you have to evaluate the past. But if he's been in different situations in the past, you have to take that into account. And also, aren't we all as people constantly growing and changing? Yeah, absolutely. So, so who's so? I think so. Nick often, Foles actually said himself, you know, taking that backup role was a little bit of an ego thing to be comfortable with it. But he looked at it as a growing experience, and he grew in that role and used that opportunity. But yeah. what I was going to say was. Doug Peterson was the opposite of Chip Kelly. Yeah. He changed his book to fit Foles, brought that run-throw option type offense yeah. into play because Nick, he saw where Nick had that 27-2 and two year, and he capitalized on some of that. And I think yeah. he kept a lot of the playbook for Nick in his pocket and didn't show too much in those first couple weeks of the regular season where Nick was playing. Yeah, I think he showed it in practice, just not in the game. And I was saying that the whole time. That's what I mean, and I'm just saying so many times you see in sports where players either switch teams or you know get injured, come back, or just you know take it upon themselves, and they go from being a player that you're thinking you want to trade or not have on the team anymore to all of a sudden they're on you know the cover of Sports Illustrated and they're writing an article about how they went vegan after their injury and they watching more film and it's just they realize what they've been so there's just it's just obviously you got to keep Carson but it's crazy to think if you could get multiple first like top 5 picks for him if Foles turns in if Foles in this offense and with this unit can be as effective as he is and to add first round talent all at multiple positions but obviously you're staying with Carson but it's just a crazy scenario yeah. to let your mind wander. I, to. My thing is, I don't think Nick Nick Foles' performance is sustainable. Yeah, I think he was hot. He's he was smoking hot. He's a hot little potato right now. I don't know if he'll ever play as well as he no. did these past two games ever again. No, but it's crazy. Chris, there's some. Who is a free agent? So my one of my favorite players on this defense, Nigel Bradham, is a free agent. Ooh, yeah, I like Nigel Bradham. We gotta find a way to keep him. I agree. But before we continue, other guys that are free agents, LeGarrette Blunt, slow start to the season, great contributor, especially in the Super Bowl. I'll say he's kind of seven yards not getting, rushing. He's not getting touchdown. that much love. I feel like, dude, he not, ran not, so hard. In the so Super Bowl. he played phenomenally, awesome, phenomenally. That stiff arm after uh, that long run, and then he had a twenty-one yard he, touchdown. He looked like someone who really. Really, whose body really responded to that extra week off? Absolutely, he looked fresh. He did because at the end of the year, he looked like he, he was getting a little yeah, slowing he was down, kind of galloping. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't like he wasn't running as smooth as he was, but he looked fresh, some real fresh legs. But continue. So, sorry. Number three on the free agents list is Patrick Robinson, probably one of our biggest signings of this past free agency. Yeah. You know, if we let yeah. him go, we let it's him not, go. Yeah, because he made some big plays. For no, him. he had a great year, great year. But that's somebody who you're not, you know, you're not going to let him rake you over the coals for extra money that you can spend other positions. Because who's don't we have Cindy Jones coming back too? Yeah. So and he and I mean he's by all accounts he was healthy, but just they weren't going to put him out there. Right. He got some. I reps. think he got a couple reps, yeah. but but yeah, I mean you're looking at him maybe to take if you know because he's still on a oh, cheap yeah. rookie contract. Yeah. No, definitely. And then. um we have um, Trey Burton, who's a free agent. And, you know, I think Trey's interesting. He is such a talented player, and he's literally the perfect number two tight end. Teams are going to try to make him their number one tight end. Yeah. But the thing is with Burton is Selleck's still on our roster. Selleck's older. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't be would, shocked if after retired. this Super Bowl you get an announcement, longtime Philly Eagle, Brent Selleck to – Retire and become Eagles tight end coach 
<laughs> or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I Talk think, about CTE, man. That guy has taken some hits he's in his a career. tough son of a gun. He is a tough son of a bitch. He really, he really is. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him retire. In the if Selleck goes, we gotta, we got to sign Burton. And the last guy I really wanted to talk about, I'm going to give you some honorable mentions real quick. Bo Allen, Corey Graham, Sturgis, who, who cares? Those guys are free agents. Okay. But this fifth guy is Darren Sproles, one of my favorite Eagles of all time. It's painful to say, but you're not going to have LeGarrette Blunt, Corey Clement, Jay Jay, and Darren Sproles. Yeah. Smallwood's out of the picture, by the way. Throwing that in there. Smallwood's out. Yeah. Yeah. And and you got Kenyon Varner. Yeah. I think um, who who would you rather keep, LeGarrette Blunt or Darren Sproles? I mean, you gotta you gotta keep LeGarrette Blunt if you already have Corey Clement. Right. Because Sproles isn't getting it. I mean, he's no spring chicken, <laughs> and he just broke his hand, and, wrist, and his and. Is messed his knee up at all in the same play. And I hate right? to say because I love Sproles, I want him to come back. Yeah. But unless he takes a massive pay cut or like a super reduced role, it's just why well, are do you... they put do they put Sproles in that Kenyon Barner role that they had this year and get rid of Kenyon because Sproles is probably a better special teams guy. Yeah, but I don't even know if he's even trying. I guess he, yeah, I guess you just make him your just just your punt return and bring him in for take like special the, take, take the league minimum and yeah. I would love to see him stay in the roster because I think he's like one of the stand-up dudes in the NFL. But uh, it's just tough because, especially when Clement's playing so well, he's young, you know. Yeah. So, dude, we gotta find a way to keep Bradham. Yeah, I really like Naj Bradham. He is. He's just. He always reminded me when we first got when he first started playing. He reminded me of what a, a classic Steelers linebacker was like. Just big. Physical, don't really hear much from him in the press ever. Just like that big outside linebacker who's big enough to play inside, but can also run a little bit. He's and cut he just, like young Ray Lewis. Dude. Yeah, his his bicep is just like that's not young me. Ray Lewis. Man. He's, he's just, such a monster. Yeah, he looks like a player who would play in the AFC North, either <laughs> for like the Ravens, the Bengals, or the Steelers. Like one of those uh, hard nosed. I think teams. he's a mix of Ray Lewis and Jeremiah Trotter. Well. Definitely not a mix. <laughs> definitely not a mix. <laughs> a knockoff version of either one of them. Because if you were a mix between Ray Lewis and Jeremiah Trotter, you'd be the greatest football player. Dude, he had a huge year. People are gonna throw money at him. I yeah. don't know if How old is he? afford him. How old is he? We should check, but I think he's like twenty nine. That's what I, that's what I, I don't think he's too young, but like I thought, yeah, he is. You gotta you gotta lock that up. So, what's funny is um, there's a couple players that the Eagles are probably going to need to cut. In yeah. order to make some of these signings. Yeah. Because I think right now, as it stands, which usually this is the case, we're like $7 million over the cap. Okay. But you got to think, man, Torrey Smith did not have the greatest year. He'll probably be gone. Yeah. You and, probably let him walk. And then another tougher decision, and it actually pains me to even say it, but our Hall of Famer left tackle, Jason Peters, might have to go. Because that's a big savings. I think it's like $10 million. Yeah, that'd be crazy if they did that. Vitai looked great. He's been playing well, man. So do you get rid of Jason Peters? You know who had one of the best speeches of the post-game speeches? Who? Jason Kelsey. Did he? Did you? Oh, you got it here. He gives two, or at least two of the ones that were kind of going well, viral. Actually, I think I have it right here. Let's hear it right now. What just happened? We just won the fucking Super Bowls. What just happened? How man. do you feel? Man, it's hard to put into words how fucking hot how hard this is, you know? Congrats, Thank you, thank you so much. This team has been through so much. I mean, the resiliency, what we've overcome, the injuries, it's been, it's been incredible just to get to this moment. I'm so happy for every single one of these guys. I mean, it's hard to put into words, man. The best quote I could come up with, and this is for Philadelphia, Getting our first ring in organization history, the first ring in a history organization from Rocky Balboa himself. It's not about how hard you get hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. It's about how much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. And that's been this organization, that's been this team all year. No matter what we face, we've overcome it. No matter who's went down, franchise quarterback, franchise left tackle, franchise middle linebacker. Yeah, the whole 
nation, nobody thought this was going to happen. I'm just so happy for every single one of these guys. I'm so happy for this organization. It's been a long time coming, and I'm so happy for the city of Philadelphia and our fans because you guys have deserved this for a long time, and the fact that I have been able to provide that, it's awesome, man. You did it. You did it. Get the parade down Broad Street ready, baby. Underdogs. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, and so that was the hype. That was the hype one, and then there's also another one where he's like real emotional, and he's talking about his grandfather, uh, and this quote that his grandfather gave him from Calvin Coolridge about like persistence, and he's like almost this big burly Jason Kelsey who's can be a hype monster was almost crying. Last two weeks after we won, I found myself in the shower crying, dreaming of this moment. <laughs> You've worked so hard your whole life to get here. Everything culminates. And I can't help but think back to a quote my grandfather gave me from Calvin Coolidge about persistence. I'm not going to say it because it's a little long and it'll drag home, but you know, he gave me that quote when I was 18 years old when I was not given a scholarship to play at any Division I university. My father and mother... My father and mother told me to stay after my dream. And I've officially accomplished the best thing in this sport with a group of guys who mean the world. The resiliency of this team is incredible. We've all talked about it, but when you really sit back and think, a lot of you guys picked us to finish dead last in the NFC East. As the season went along, nobody gave us any inclination that we were the best team in the NFL, especially after injuries started happening, which is understandable. But the fact that we were able to overcome everything, just keep moving forward. I can't help but be a little bit emotional. I'm glad you brought him up because... A year ago, two years ago, all of the Philadelphia media were ready to give up on Jason Kelsey. Yeah, he had like, everyone was coming after him. And he's another guy that people w were saying, like, we just talked about Jason Peters. That's how they talked about him last year. Yeah. This O-line may have been the reason we won this game. Oh, he, he, Lane Johnson. Brandon Brooks. There was only one sack in the game. Yeah. And that was us sacking Brady on that strip sack. It's amazing there's only one sack in that whole game. I know. I lost. I bet Fletcher Cox that he was going to at least get half a sack, and he didn't. Yeah, but he got that huge hit on Brady at the end in the Hail Mary. That was awesome. I know. That was nice. But, yeah, I don't the, – the free agent, man, I think – I think what's nice is I don't think we have too many crazy deals, and I really think the, the majority of the team's going to be back. And yeah. I feel like there's a hunger for – because especially because a lot of those guys were out. I mean, you bring Jordan Hicks back in. You bring Wentz back in. A lot of guys who are going to be trying to get that first one for themselves and the second one for the sweet, the team. Yeah, and you know what? I think guys want to come back. I think people like to play for this team. I know it sounds tacky, but they literally seem like the most together, fun, happy, non-selfish football team I think I've ever seen. Right. It's, it's amazing. It's unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see who we bring back, who we don't, who we cut, who we sign in free agency. It's sad to see... You know, this exact team will never be back. Things will happen. Changes will be made. But, dude, another guy that I gave a lot of flack to, Howie Roseman. Yeah. He worked with Joe Douglas, and, dude, <laughs> they got it done. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Howie Roseman made some <clears throat> crazy moves to get up and get Carson Wentz. And we traded Sam Bradford, and we're able to – Get a first-round pick back. Basically, get Carson Wentz for nothing. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable, man. Yeah, the whole front—it's just crazy. And he was almost like off the team. Howie Roseman—they were gonna like fire him. He got like demoted. He was off the team when Chip Whoa, Kelly Jeff. was around. Yo, Matt Killian's in the house. Yeah. What's up, bro? Let's go. Here he goes. <laughs> Come on over real quick, man. Love this, is, this is a historic event. So we always record the podcast in Ian's uh, house, Ian and Matt's house. Yet, so I've been on like eight podcasts. Matt's never home. I don't know where he's always yeah. out. He's always busy. 
Great but, to see you, Chris. But he just walked in. What's going on, brother? What's not up, much, not much. Just basking in our Philly glory here. So can you give us a one-minute synopsis, one, two-minute synopsis on the Eagles right now? Uh, I can just run you through some highlights of my season. Um, it starts with the home opener, mm. seeing rookie kicker Jake Elliott hit the longest kick field goal in franchise history to beat the Giants. I also saw my first away game this season. I was in L.A. with Ian. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Sure. Saw, uh, saw them beat the Rams at the Coliseum, very historic venue. The Olympic torch was lit. It was lit. I can tell you, L.A. was lit that weekend. Um, also, during that game, we lost our franchise quarterback, Carson Wentz. R.I.P. Congrats on your engagement, Carson. Yeah, congrats, Carson. You just knew Carson Wentz's uh, fiance wasn't going to be like smoking hot. Like she's pretty, but like she's gorgeous. He's so down to earth. He's like, too down to earth. Yeah. He needs like a girl that's just like salt, salt of the earth, like Wholesome. heart, like gold. Yeah, who likes to hunt. So <laughs> yeah, likes to hunt. So after that, my guy, everyone's guy now, Nick Foles comes in, saves our season. Everyone's doubting us. I was walking out of the Coliseum, mixed emotions, mixed emotions. Bittersweet. Seriously, and to see Nick Foles come into that game against the Rams and win that game for us, and then going to face some adversity later in the season, you know, had a had a decent game against the Giants, then re- played poorly uh, in the cold weather at the end of the season on Christmas night, and uh, also they lost that last game when we weren't really playing that many people. Yeah. And then, I mean, Carson Wentz got us that first round bye, so thanks again, Carson. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and uh, then to beat the Falcons in that fashion comes down to a, a last play of the game. If you guys can remember, they threw it up to Julio Jones. And then to blow out the Minnesota Vikings at home and give us all such belief going in the Super Bowl against the Pats. Such a great, such a great environment in Philly for those two weeks. It was a historic season. Let me ask you, where did you uh, watch the game? I was at my parents' house in my hometown of Lafayette Hill. Felt very comfortable on my couch next to both my father and grandfather. Oh, man. Shout out to them, Bob Killian and Steve Bernhardt. They showed me what being a true Eagles fan is all about. So to be able to embrace them after the game and see the joy on these grown men's faces not only my father, my grandfather, my uncles, my aunts, they, they've seen so much in their lifetime between ups, highs, and lows of lows. Uh, I just felt so happy from, for everyone. From Dick Vermeil to Ray Rhodes. Yeah. You know, we've had a whole, we've had a whole platter. Yeah. <laughs> like so many quarterbacks. And, you know, we had a quarter, quarterback controversy this season, but they've seen that numerous times. Yeah. So, well, it's beautiful, Matt. It's great to see you. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because I, I listen to you guys, uh, you know, every week, and I'm like, man, missed them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always out and about, but yeah. that's, you know, you're burning the midnight oil, as they say. Yeah, yeah thanks, Matt. Season ticket holder Matt Killian, him and his dad go every weekend or every home game, so it's great to, to have that Philly season ticket holder's experience and, of the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I guess next up for not just us, on this podcast discussion, but for the city of Philadelphia, is the parade on Thursday? Yeah, the party's not over. The party's not over. It yet. just began, baby. And you know, it's kind of, I know they were going to have it originally on Wednesday, I think. But then, due to weather concerns, um, it's been pushed to Thursday, which I think, so I know some people wanted it Wednesday, but I think it's almost a blessing in disguise because it gives everyone a couple more days to recover, get hydrated, maybe have a glass of orange juice, work some, out. Ve- some vegetables, get, get a steam or a sauna in, yeah. kind of get back to normal, you know? Just like the players, recoup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't be revving the engine at 150 for like four straight days. That's yeah. just, you, so it gives us a little bit of time, and I think Thursday is going to be a crisp, beautiful, sunny day, and I think it's just going to be, they say almost as many people as the Pope. Yeah, I, I heard, not more. heard estimates of six million. 
What's cool, Chris, is they're actually starting right by the stadiums yeah. on Broad Street, and they're going to come the whole way down to City Hall. They're going to circle City Hall and then take the parkway up to the Art Museum. So it's a cool little path. It starts at 11 a.m. on Thursday. I know I'll definitely be out there. Yeah, so what's the, what's the move? So I live on Ellsworth Street, which is right on Broad. Right. So now the, what's the move? Do I watch the parade first as it goes down my house? and then scurry my way up to the art museum slash city hall area? Or do you want to get up there early because there's going to be so many people you won't even be able to get near it? That's what I do. I can't gauge the, the, the swarm that is about to take on the city. Honestly, I think it'll take them a minute to get from where you live on Ellsworth, which is south of city hall, probably about a mile, mile and a half yeah. maybe. I, if I were you, I'd catch them at Ellsworth where yeah, and then, it's not going to be too crazy. And then possibly it's going to take him a while to get to City Hall. I bet you could beat him there just to get a far away angle, maybe to just to see the you know the scene. And I'm sure they have huge screens like the NFL yeah. draft and all that. Yeah, it's yeah, dude. I I'm I can't wait, man. I'm just just and I'm off work. Me too. And the whole city. And I'll say this: if you're a business in Philly and you don't give your employees at least a couple hours off, right? Or I mean. I mean, at, at, at what point, how productive are these people going to be? Let them enjoy this historic event. Right. You just heard it from Matt Killian. His grandfather, great-grandfather, and great-great-great-grandfather all were watching the game. That's right. It's, it's, they got to experience that. So I'm, I, I, I can't wait. I just want to wake up that Thursday, pour myself a big old cup of coffee, Give a stretch and a bend and have a big smile on my face knowing that I'm about to watch the first parade for a fo- for a Super Bowl because we've won a championship. Yeah, 1960, we won the NFL championship, last one. So to be able to wake up on Thursday and make myself a nice little breakfast and just know I'm about to witness a historic event, it's just, it's just, it's just really, uh, I can't wait. Really Me looking neither. forward to it. And for those of you that know us, we hope to see you on Thursday. Everybody come out. And just bring those good vibes. And thank you for listening. Uh, please check us out on iTunes if you're an Apple <laughs> are we, user. Are we on subscribe, iTunes? yeah. Subscribe and review. And if you review with some some text, that'd be nice. Oh yeah, yeah. Get get involved because I mean we're gonna keep pumping out the content. Whether I mean we feel like we're almost the fact that this podcast started by Ian and Eric, which they were nice enough to invite me on, was started during. Or in the same year as the Eagles for a Super Bowl, it's almost like it's amazing. It was destined to be right that and and with the 76ers up and comingness. Oh, quick update, real quick. Okay. I know we were just gonna keep it to the Eagles, but in case anyone was wondering, Markel Fultz still can't shoot. <laughs> just just keeping that update out there. I'm not sure why, but uh, we're staying positive. But you know, he still can't shoot. But that's all we're talking about for the Sixers. That's right. All right, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Thursday. Woo! Go Birds! Ain't this what they've been waiting for? You ready? Uh. Uh. I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this, so I had to. Grind like that to shine like this In a matter of time I spent on some locked up shit In the back of the paddy wagon Cuffs locked on wrist See my dreams unfold Nightmares come true It was time to marry the game And I said yeah I do If you want it you gotta see it with a clear eye view Got shorty she try and bless me like I said I'd chew Like a nigga sneeze Nigga please for them trick and squeeze I'm getting cream Never let them hoes get in between Of what we started Little nigga but I'm lying hearted They love me when I was stuck and they hate it When I departed I go and get it regardless Draw like I'm an artist No crawling went straight to walking with foreigns In my garages are foreign bitches menaging Fucking sucking and swallowing anything for a dollar They tell me get him I got him Got him I did it without an album I did shit with Mariah Little nigga, I'm on fire Icy as a hockey ring, Philly nigga, I'm flyer When I bought the Rolls Royce, they thought it was lease Then I bought that new Ferrari, hey, to rest in peace Hey, to rest in peace, rest in peace to the parking lot Phantom so big, can't even fit in the parking spot You ain't talking about my niggas, then what you talking about? Gangsters move in silence, nigga, and I don't talk a lot I don't say a word I don't say a word was on my grind and now I got what I deserve Fuck nigga, hold on wait a minute Y'all thought I was finished When I bought the ass
try to take my life, they fuck around, get killed. You fuck around, you fuck around, you fuck around, get smoked. Cause these Philly niggas I bought with me don't fuck around, no joke. No, all I know is murder. When it come to me, I got young niggas that's rolling, I got niggas throwing bees. I didn't get the DOA, I didn't get the KODs. Every time I'm in that bitch, I get the throwing dirty jeans. But now I'm hanging out that drop head, I'm riding down no collar. They love a nigga earn back home, that young nigga be wildin'. We young niggas, we mobbin', like Batman and we're robbin'. This two door made back with my seat on reclining. I'm like, real nigga, what up? Real nigga, what up? If you ain't about that murder game, then pussy nigga, shut up. If you dip me in your ass, I get your pussy ass stuck up. When you touch down in my hood, no, that tour life ain't good. Catch me down in MIA. And that heat game on wood. With that pull my life on my feet, like that little engine I could. Boy, I slide down in your block. Bike on 12 o'clock. And they be throwing deuces on the same nigga they watch. And I'm the king of my city, cause I'm still calling them shots. And these lanes talking that bullshit, the same niggas that fly. I'm the same nigga from first three with them that brains that lie. The same nigga that came up and I had to wait for my spot. And these niggas hating on me. Hoes waiting on me. Still on that hood shit, my Rolls Royce on E. They gon' remember me. I say, remember me. So much money, all your friends turn to your enemies. And when this beef, I turn my enemies to memories. With them bricks, they go for 40, ain't no tin key. Hold up, broke nigga turn rich. Love the game like Mitch. And if I leave, they ain't dumb pretty hoes gon' still suck my dick. It was something about that.